The long-standing Mishka's Cafe is the perfect place for your daily coffee break. From the Blue Devil Hub, this is a news cycle. I'm Nana Grigor, and today is Monday, March 6th. Tucked away next to the movie theater is Mishka's Cafe that has attracted people from all parts of Davis for a cup of coffee, a place to work, or just to hang out with your friends. Mishka's Cafe, opened in 1995, is not only a great place to enjoy a coffee, tea, or pastry, but is also a local hotspot for studying, writing, and hanging out with friends. I go there almost every single time I need to get work done because it's such a friendly environment. When UC Davis college student Blake Arthur came to Davis for the first time, he was unsure of where to hang out and study. Really looking around downtown to find a good place just to hang out with other people or take our family over. As soon as Arthur tried Mishka's, the decision was easy. Their coffee was the best, and their bakery is also amazing too. Mishka's menu is mainly seasonal, with a few featured specials that stay year-round. The rosé latte, midnight mocha, and turmeric latte. They also offer scones, crumble cakes, and Italian sodas. Davis High Junior Isabella Blevins thinks Mishka's appeal is not limited to the food and beverages. I mean, the coffee's nice, but it's mostly, like, the vibe. Blevins often comes to Mishka's to hang out with friends. I go to Mishka's to, like, chit-chat with my friends, um, and it's a really quiet, nice atmosphere. And we, like, have our little private conversations, and we drink our little coffee, and it's really fun. Writer Susanna Mood goes to Mishka's so she can focus on her craft. Mishka's ambiance is the typical uh, public space. It's crowded enough, noisy enough, um, so that as a writer, I can um, focus, I can not be distracted. When Amud experiences writer's block at home, she goes to Mishka's for a change in scenery. In difference to a home, a private space, allow me to focus on one thing and zoom in and um, get writing again. For the news cycle, this is Sean Campbell, Nani Grigor, and Lily Schroeder reporting. Ten years after the original, Puss in Boots' The Last Wish was something that everyone in the family could enjoy. Since Puss in Boots' The Last Wish came out, it has been a major hit with a Rotten Tomato score of 95%. It was released December 21st, 2022, and upon its release, there has been many heads talking about the movie. DHS senior Huli Alarcon had the chance to see it in theaters when it first came out. There was good art, there was good animation, there was good storytelling, and there was, there was, there was some fight scenes, 100%. With Puss in Boots being a cult classic for many teenagers when they were younger, the movie tended to gravitate towards more of a teen the middle, audience. Overall, pretty much, like, I, love, I loved it. Like, it was really good. I like I liked pretty much everything. With their first movie being over 10 years old, it was hard for Huli to remember what happened. He gave his best comparison to what he had remembered about the first movie. Boots, the Last Wish was better than the first one because of the art style and the storytelling. Because, yeah. From 1 out of 10, Huli ranked Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I put a solid 8. Solid eight. Starting over your life in a new country is not easy, but that is the life of an immigrant. But with the help of an immigration attorney, they are able to settle in with less of a struggle from the overloaded system. A few months ago, I was getting out of bed when my mom rushed into my room. She was talking really fast and told me that her clients were in trouble. 
My mom is a pro bono immigration attorney. She had taken on a family of clients a few years ago, but due to a lack of organization and funds in the immigration system, she had ended up acting as their social worker as well. She wound up organizing their housing, jobs, and medical security, typically things that lawyers don't help with. The morning my mom woke me up, she was asking me to translate for her clients. The family came from Central America, and since I'm a decent Spanish speaker, she was asking me to help. One of her clients had gotten arrested after a mix-up with the police. Her boyfriend struck her, and after calling the police on him, they arrested my mom's client as well. After rapidly texting back and forth in Spanish, we were able to clear up the situation, and later in the day, my mom's client was released. This affair was exhausting, but not rare. My mom is a part of a network of immigration attorneys who struggle with the day-to-day -day challenges of our overloaded immigration system. According to the Department of State and the American Immigration Lawyers Association, there are around 1 million immigrants who enter the United States every year, compared to only 16,000 immigration lawyers. As California residents, I feel like we can all do more to help the hundreds of thousands of immigrants who come to our state every year after fleeing from their homes in search of safety. We can do this by donating to good immigration causes, participating in food and clothing drives, and reaching out to immigrants in our own communities to help them adjust to their new lives in the United States. Senior Emmanuel Thames Kamowitz at Davis High loves their sneaker collection to the point where they are labeled a sneakerhead. Since the Emergence Air Jordan sneaker brand in the 80s, sneaker collecting has been a popular hobby. Growing in popularity over the years, collecting new shoes is a popular activity for people of all ages. Senior Emmanuel Thames Kamowitz shares his own story. So over quarantine, I didn't really have anything to do. And then I got some videos that popped up on my YouTube recommended about shoes. And I was like, this looks something cool that I could do because I've always cared about what I put on my feet, trying to look presentable, you know? And so, you know, I just started researching shoes, looking at the price, started buying some, selling some. And then, yeah, I just got into shoes like that. The cost of buying new shoes has always been a factor holding people back from taking up this hobby. Thames Kamowitz was also apprehensive at first, but found a way to offset this cost. I would say if you're not careful about what you're spending your money on, it could be expensive. But if you're making money back selling them and as long as you buy things that you feel are worth it, then it doesn't really matter if it's expensive. With so many shoes on the market, sometimes it can be hard to choose which one will look the best. I think it has to be something that you could be comfortable putting on at any time. A shoe that you can wear every day because those are the ones that matter the most. I like my UNC4s and I always like my Yeezy Slides. Those are my go-to. Shoes fluctuate in price, so you can oftentimes sell them for more than you buy them as they get less common. Also, because there are such large secondhand markets, buying a shoe from the retailer is oftentimes profitable. It can be a difficult decision whether to choose to keep the shoes for the good price or sell them and make a profit. I kind of decide based on how much I wear them. If I feel like I'm not wearing them enough and they're worth a good amount of money, then I feel like it's just better to have the money. Thames Kamowitz is able to connect with others through their shared interest of collecting shoes. He gives and receives insight from friends as well as recommendations and research. Senior Simon Vacalorenzi. 
and senior Caleb Yoon. Definitely, he's like the, the biggest shoe guy that I know. He gives me um, inspiration and advice on some shoes, and it's it's really helpful. Nate and I just like talk about shoes a lot, and then it's just like, we just see cool ones, and then just sometimes they just like decide to buy it because of like talk about it with him. For the news cycle, this is Lucas Liu reporting. Well, that's our show for today. The News Cycle is a production of the Blue Devil Hub in association with the Davis Enterprise. Daniel Ruiz Jimenez writes our theme music. The program is produced by Maria Anderson and Nana Rivor. Our executive producer is Elliot Dion. We're trying to grow our listeners. Make sure to share the News Cycle with your friends, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, visit us on the web at bluedevilhub.com, and don't miss our radio broadcasts Monday at 8 and Tuesday at noon on 95.7 KBRT. You can also follow the Hub on social media. We're on Instagram at Blue Devil Hub and on Twitter at DHS Hub. Stay safe, have a good week, and we'll see you next time.